Today on What Chaos, Torts Speaks. Jasper Wallstead and his dad's no good, very bad, awful, horrible night. Is Corey Perry on his way back to the NHL? Probably not. And we've got nicknames and grab ass. Hit five stars, leave comments, and we'll see you on the other side. Hi, everybody. It's Thursday, January 11th in the United States. It's Young Gretzky, The Agenda, Mr. P. What's up, everybody? Hello, hello, hello. How do you like Mr. P as a nickname? I would, the, the, the nickname talk, by the way, went over like a like gangbusters, if that's the expression. People loved it. Got a lot of good feedback on the nickname talk. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah they, I, had, I did as well. Like, I had people reach out to me. I had one person in particular reach out to me, like, just randomly, Mr. PWHL is an awesome nickname. Yeah. I love that. I, uh, I, I love shortening it to The Agenda. The Agenda is a cool name. The Agenda, agenda is, is objectively a sick name. Right. I will absolutely like take if, that. If, if I had like a WWE fighter named The Agenda, hard. Dude, I'm, the yeah, agenda like, I'm, hard. I'm all in on that. The Agenda on the back of a jersey. Like, yeah. what if you were, like, there's Mike the situation. What if you were Pete The Agenda? Yes, Pete, the agenda that. Blackburn. Unironically yes. hard as shit. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. crazy. I absolutely, like, I'm all for this, 100%. I, so I'm a little bummed. No, I'm not. I, 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 I like sharing the ball. I, uh, you thought that you had the coolest nickname. I, well, I was like, fuck, what if I come up with nicknames and I don't hold up my boys and I just accidentally give myself the best one and... Like young young Gretzky, I think sits well in this, where it's definitely the least cool of the three, but it's a good third. It's a good least cool nickname. It's it, not it, like, like there's two good ones. It's a solid and third bad one. one. The worst player on a line. That line fucking right. rules. Yeah. Yeah. And I would rather, as the guy who has to introduce the nicknames each day, I'd rather be the one with the the yeah. more modest one. Also, like that's a that's a big part of your personality is you get like three things you never take the best one you uh you famously got us parking spots i was gonna say for this about office parking spots now. yeah you got us parking spots for this office i don't know if did you take i don't know if you took like the worst one possibly the worst one i took but i think that you tried to give sean the best one and i think you accidentally gave me the best one I think that I accidentally have the best pack parking spot. Yeah, mine is just if if there's a car next to me, backing out is an adventure. That's what, that's but why. But DJ think... objectively has the worst. Mine is so bad. I think you saw me coming in or out one day, yeah. and I was like, Sean's about to witness. Like, I <laughs> gotta like, go through some Sometimes shit. I feel like there's like getting out of your car to make sure you're not about to hit something. Like it's. It's because you're you're think, quite literally in between a rock and a like It doesn't look like you can even open your driver's side door to get out of your to get out of your car in your parking spot. Me, I think the reason why I sneakily have the best parking spot is because nobody ever parks behind like where I where my parking spot is, so I can just back straight out and then pull out. Whereas I've seen Sean yeah, try to leave his parking spot, it's he kind of has to like three point turn. If I have somebody next to me and behind me, then it's it's an adventure. If one of those two things is not there, then I'm fine. You're but you're closest to the door though. That is true. I am closest. To, I'm literally like I step out and I'm at the door. So that's nice. So I, I had somebody reach out yesterday who consumes this via YouTube. So if you're listening, by the way, on Spotify, Deezer, wherever you may be, smash every YouTube button you can. But they said, uh, they said I assume it's producer Sean. Uh, shake his hand for me because I consume the show on YouTube and I, sorry, Mike Felger. Uh, come for the grab ass mm -hmm. and the labeling of the chapters is so good that I'm able to discern which parts probably contain grab ass and I just jump to those part because this person isn't the biggest hockey fan so I love the idea that like the next day we went chapter one <laughs> nicknames and parking spots yeah. Oh, yeah. good well I have right now you know, intro, and then at one minute it says, Welcome to Grab Ass. Hell yes. Welcome to Grab Ass. Well, uh, we start with John Tortorella. Because Do we ever get down to talking hockey? Mm, not, not super. Like sometimes when we're like really talking hockey, I'll like hear a clock on myself and on you when either of us are talking. If like our hockey take is more than like 20 seconds, it reaches a point of diminishing returns <laughs> where I'm like, I came pretty hard with that like real hockey take for a little bit, 
And now I just feel like because I speak for a minute about parking spaces, I should also speak for a minute about this hockey thing. I don't need to speak for a minute about this hockey it's thing. It's a real one for me, one for you kind of deal. Right. I, th- I think that as long as the quality is good and we know the parking space talk is going to be <laughs> you singing. That's it, why this kind of works is because like you, your one for me, one for you is like the exact opposite of my one for me, one for you. You don't think you're as good at parking spaces? I, I think that like I'm b- better at the hockey talk. No, no. If you go, if you go past like 25, I think we both have the thing of like if the take goes more than 20 seconds, it feels it too starts, like radio-y it or whatever. It starts to run in circles. Yeah. Whereas parking space talk can go for all day. Uh, all day. Uh, but let's start with John Tortorella because he has had some uh, nice press conferences the last two games. I love that all this is happening. Everything that's happening with the Flyers is happening. surrounding games yeah like god knows what happened in the actual flyers game the other night in the flyers game last night the canadians scored two goals on two shots in the first period their goaltender the flyers i forget who is it urson the backup goalie urson i think samuel urson did not make a save goalie for the flyers you're crazy did not make a save in the first period flyers still won that game that would be interesting enough but post game, John Tortorella in the middle of his press conference, and he, he, I watched his whole press conference. He was being a lovely guy, giving great answers, a little untortorella esque. Was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me take a little break. Where's that motherfucker? He calls out Anthony Sanfilippo of the Snow the Goalie podcast, which you may know from uh, Governor Dan, Philadelphia Governor, by the way. People were saying when we were saying uh, Governor, they were like, Governor of the team. Governor of what? What does that mean? Governor of the United States. We were talking about an actual politician. It's not. It's the governor of the team. Yeah, I was uh, gonna, he's the CEO. I was confused um, that people were surprised by that, but I kind of love that. Yeah, you know, it's a weird position to hold within like an, a team. Like I know that they have them, but it's so weird to hear like somebody referred to as a governor. I think for a like, while, Jeremy Jacobs' CEO. T- title was governor. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, my, my, that- my question is though, like before we move on, is like, do you think that the Flyers intentionally? pulled the trigger on this trade around a time where they had a very busy schedule and had games and stuff because home games they were sitting yeah home games like they were sitting on this trade they said like this has kind of been they've been working on this for a long time and the fact that they had a concerted effort right after the fact that they pulled the trigger like i wonder if this was a intentional choice so that they could control the narrative and have like a bunch of like whirlwind stuff going on around the team and have them be the focus rather than having it be kind of away from all the media craze. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's probably more centered around the uh, conclusion of World Juniors and like the fact that they just got back from trying to do it and they were like, fuck it, I guess we got to get rid of this guy now. Like maybe that's what ended up prompting it, but it has certainly benefited them. I was going to wait to make this point until after we d- did the Tortorella sound, but like jumping off something that Sean said a couple of days ago when all the Gautier stuff went down, Flyers fans have been mad at three people this week. They've been mad at Cutter Gautier, they've been mad at Kevin Hayes, and now they've been mad at Anthony San Filippo. They and obviously it's all come in chunks. The latter two things were they stopped being mad at Kevin Hayes and were like, actually, Kevin Hayes has been done dirty, even though we were the guys who were motherfucking this guy. Now we're mad at the guy that did it. They've been mad at three people surrounding one of, or their best prospect leaving, and none of the three people are Coach John Tortorella, GM Danny Briere, President Keith Jones, Governor Dan Hilferty, Gritty, none of those people. It's all directed outward. Sean made that point of like, is this kind of a galvanizing thing for the yes. Flyers? And it ha- like it's wild to me. The Flyers fans have been so pissed all week, and never once have they said, fucking Flyers. Yeah, I mean, that was like one of my bigger takeaways was that this was a completely unifying uh, instance for the Philadelphia Flyers. What did you say? Like- Hate nothing unifies nothing people like unifies hate. people like hate, especially the people of Philadelphia. If they can come together and say "fuck this person," then that's going to bring them all together. And they had that for three people. And I think the Kevin Hayes thing, to your point, is like that was very, very short sighted, and it was probably um, or short lived, and it was very 
um, contained to like the worst part of the fan base, and the rest of the fan base was probably like, ugh, not not enjoying in on that. But yeah, I think it, this was completely unifying, and it was something that the Flyers needed to kind of get back to their identity, like I said earlier. And it's just like, yeah, it's it's crazy that you have a an instance where you trade a top five pick, a top prospect, somebody that is kind of hitting the peak of their popularity right after the World Juniors. You have a completely unexpected trade, and none of the fans and nobody really in the world is pissed at the Flyers organization. And like, when and have you a, ever seen that happen? This is an or, this is a fan base too that was pissed off when they hired Keith Jones and like when yes. they were doing the Danny Briere thing, and it was like it's a huge win for the Flyers, right? So they were like, uh, uh, like Felger boys, we're just doing a bunch of fucking grab ass. We're just yeah. bringing in like the TV guy and the player that we like, and like, how are they gonna? This is a team that seemed like it was on the path to becoming really good a couple of years ago. Now we're cratering and bringing in God knows what to do it. There isn't a peep out of, did they engage all the teams? Did they get the right? Did everybody know this guy was available? Like the return they got was awesome, I think. So that's part of it. Under the circumstances, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Depends what Drysdale becomes, obviously. But yeah. like the fact that you get another top prospect who has a very strong potential, uh, like that, that's huge. Plus, and then second round pick. No, second round pick in that. 2025, which who knows what the Ducks are going to be in a couple of years. I think like the Ducks are going to start at some point. We said with Frank for Toronto, we thought it was maybe happening now. At some point, it's going to go from like here to here. And then they're just going to fucking be there for a while. So if that happens. That's what we said about the Sabres. Careful. <laughs> that's what you guys said about the Sabres. Oh, I was like, I don't up. know don't why we expect. Don't pretend like you weren't excited about the Buffalo Sabres. I was excited about them, but I but I was I said this is not the year that it necessarily happens. Well, I said that too. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I, you, I, I said if it doesn't happen I have this the receipts. year. I was on Twitter and I said, uh, like, do we really believe that the Sabres have to make the playoffs this year? Oh, I think everyone. Because I said it to you. That I, it was, no, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I think you are having two afterwards. different conversations. I think everyone thought the Sabers were going to make the playoffs, yeah. but not everyone necessarily thought that they needed to make the playoffs. Correct. That's yeah. where I was. I, I mean, I always, I never believed they were going to make the playoffs because I have been living in Buffalo my entire life, and I know how Buffalo sports work. Um, one thing I wanted to say about the Gautier thing, though, I feel like. This is something you see very commonly in the NBA. I feel like, and DJ, you made the joke yesterday about how you don't support players' rights. I, when well, do I make a joke? Maybe not a joke. Yeah. I don't think, I think a lot of people don't respect players' rights. Like, I think a lot of people look at that situation and like, they drafted you, you're obligated to stay with them. Um, and so a lot of people were naturally, we're never going to be mad at the organization because it was just some snot-nosed kid who did, did, just wanted to get his way. And I think that's how a lot of people look at it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, sure. But I, I think that, like, this is a huge win for the Flyers. It's it's not only like a return to the identity, but it's it's a a really really strong opportunity for the new regime to be like we're doing this the way that you wanted us to do it. Like the transparency, the the kind of like being hard asses about it and then the unified response in being kind of uh uh, what word would you describe it? Like you said, sandpapery, yeah, kind of I, like abrasive and just yeah. being, being tough. I don't and think so you're with us or you're against yeah. us. Yeah. I don't think they have won. I mean, I guess they they have won the battle, but this is by no means winning the. Like they have an opportunity to do something great, but if three years from now, Cutter well, Gauthier yeah, has, sure. has a hat trick in Philadelphia and Drysdale is barely getting minutes, like no one's gonna give a shit about this about them getting their sandpaper back or whatever. Like, it's going to ultimately be a pretty massive loss for Philadelphia. Well, here's Torts yesterday after the game. This is a few minutes into his press conference. He'd been behaving wonderfully, and then he came with this. Is the is the guy here, is there, doesn't, the guy here that, that caused Kevin Hayes a problem? Yes. You? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Do you think Kevin Hayes is going to do something like that? Question. First, letting the first two by him. It, it, it just it pisses me off that, that you guys throw that around and affect someone's life. Kevin Hayes and I had a problem. Uh, we couldn't come to an agreement how to play. That's a good man. That's a good man. And, and what you said 
is going to stay with them. It'll, it'll, that, that's what you guys don't understand. You say something, and you're going to sit there and say you have the right sources. I call Go ahead, I'm sorry. Sean, you said while we were playing that, you were like, that's exactly what Wierenski was saying to us. Well, about yeah, I, I feel like that's a lot of a lot of people's relationship with torts is like in the moment they have a lot of disagreements with him, but in hindsight, they're like, he's a tough he's good guy at his job. He's a tough guy to not like too. even though like I, like I've seen him be rude to media members and stuff. And that shit, I think generally isn't cool. Like it's like a position of power bullying thing. And I'd rather not see that stuff. But like as a person, torts has always come off as like a I good mean, dude who has people's there. backs. When so, he was just like, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Like, yeah, so it was nice. I, I think it's like a, uh, it's a, Hard to play for while also being simultaneously a hard guy not to like. How many, like, your, think of your favorite teacher in school or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. were they, I, I, like, all of my favorite teachers were a little hard on me. Mm -hmm. And, like, once I got through that class, I felt like I'd grown or whatever, shit like that. Like, that's kind of what I get off torts. Even though he's now done this for, this is fifth NHL team. I don't know, but yeah, it sounds right. It is, and to build on the teacher analogy, I feel like it's a teacher that it's like a 10th grade teacher and in ninth grade, everyone's being like, you're going to fucking hate this teacher. You're right. going to hate this teacher and you're going to try and you're going to try and do everything you can to avoid that teacher. But if you get him a year later, you're like, ah, that was a pretty fulfilling yeah, it's, experience. It's, it's the teacher that you appreciate as an adult, not as a high school student. Right. Um, but yeah, it's also like, you know, not to say like everything's great about torts. You know, obviously the... I think that he's coming off of his ways of like uh, you gotta you gotta just eat shots, just stop with that high high octane offense, uh, none of that flashy stuff. I think he's coming off that, and I think a big part of it is, uh, I mean, he's even admitted as such. Like Mitchkoff is is coming down the line, and he ha kind of has to change the way that he's coaching to incorporate guys like that. And I think Goche was probably another one of those guys that Torts would have moved off of some of his hard acidness to allow a guy like Goche to thrive within the Philadelphia Flyers. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a good example of Torts having his guys backs. And I think that's also a win for the Flyers and the guys that are currently in the room to know that like, hey, the, he might be hard to play for on, on any day of the week or whatever. And he may piss you off and he may rub you the wrong way but at the end of the day he will have your back and i think that's really important for the guys to know and i think that kevin hayes obviously has had his problems with torts i bet kevin hayes would would say and i bet he has said to even to cutter gochier is like he's he's an asshole but like i think if you got down to brass tacks he would be like but he's a good dude yeah but i i need to give credit and this is going to be controversial or whatever like i need to give credit to anthony sanfilippo for not turtling there, for saying, yep, right here, taking it, taking his medicine. Uh, I think that a lot of the reaction was, and I saw that it was posted by multiple outlets of like, Torch goes off on the guy who made up the, the, the Kevin Hayes rumor and everything like that. I still don't necessarily think that, I, the, the, I don't think that Kevin Hayes' quote-unquote fingerprints were all over this thing, but... I believe that somebody told this guy, oh, Kevin Hayes motherfucked him to motherfuck the organization to cut her Gautier, which if Kevin Hayes did that or Kevin Hayes didn't do that, I wouldn't think any differently of Kevin Hayes either way because everybody has talked about a past employer being like, fuck that place. Mm -hmm. We talked the day after it happened of it's a massive leap to think that would then influence somebody to entirely reroute their young career with a team that has drafted them fifth overall. I think the reasons Cutter Gauthier did what he did probably had nothing to do with Jimmy, with Kevin Hayes, I'm sorry. But I don't like that everybody is jumping to this guy made that up. Just because the team is pissed about it and just because Kevin Hayes is like, hey, fuck you, man, which I, I, Kevin Hayes is fine to, to do that, doesn't mean that this guy made up that there was something said at some point. Yeah, I mean, I I respect him for standing behind it at least. Yeah. Like he wrote that uh, he had three sources that he checked with and, and whatnot. And like, I don't know this guy from a hole in the wall, so I can't tell you. But uh, for, when I heard it, it did kind of like stink. Like it, it, I, I had some 
doubts just based off of like the fact that that clip was going around Twitter about Cutter Goche talking about his relationship with Jimmy Hayes and the fact that the, this podcast was recorded like an hour and a half after it, it just screamed like maybe he saw that on Twitter and had a reactionary heat of the moment thing and threw that out there. Whether or not that's true, whatever, uh, uh, I do respect him for standing behind it, writing about it, and he took it on the chin, honestly. Like, the, the thing that he wrote for Crossing Broad this morning was like, this is good for the Flyers. This is good for, like, basically what we just said to start this segment. He, Anthony Sanfilippo, wrote that being like, this is what he needed to say. This was, like, something that I'm not f completely foreign to, and it, it, fans should be happy about this. I just, I feel like that is not taking responsibility for bad journalism. But he doesn't. But he doesn't think that it's bad journalism I, on but, his part. And I and I can't say that like maybe it maybe it's not. That's like, the thing. Like we don't know. We don't know. know. We don't yeah. know. I, I my my thing is is I have a hard time believing, especially like you mentioned in that time frame, that there was any effort. And I, I don't. You know. can have a hard time believing it. I have a hard time in believing it too. But I'm not going to come out and say that it's false. I just. It does not seem to me, and I feel like he would have said if he had, that there was any effort to reach out to Kevin Hayes or Cutter Gauthier in that situation, which to me is like journalism 101. You, like if there is a claim being made about somebody, you have a journalistic obligation to reach out to that person and try to get a comment. If they don't comment, then that's their fault, and that's you do what you have to do then. But I just feel like there was lousy journalism done and it ultimately could, it, I mean, it did have a very negative pack, impact on Kevin Hayes and, and, uh, um, Cutter Gauthier. Um, so that, that I'll give you the thing of, uh, that's a real Syracuse guy, right? No, there, no. So I, that's a big <laughs> disciple of Craig. Morgan. Yeah, so like, I, no. So I, I used to do that and I would end up uh, oftentimes what happens is I would uh, reach out to somebody and say, Hey, uh, <clears throat> heard this, have it pretty solid. Uh, I, Got to give you a chance to defend yeah. yourself, basically. Yeah. And what ends up happening typically is that person is pissed. Yeah. And is like, well, where the fuck did you hear that? Blah, blah. Yeah. And they're really mad about it. So you kind of get yelled at. And then you're like, so what are you saying on this? So are you, are you yeah. denying this or whatever? You are right. It would have behooved him to have done that. But if he feels, and I'm not saying like he did great journalism here, yeah, but no, if he says three people told me this. And he had just had the governor of on the team of the team on the podcast. Not to say that that was his source, but if somebody told him that's connected, hey, I think that so and so was in his ear, and maybe this is what was happening. The way that he said it was like kind of background-ish that he was just like Kevin Hayes's fingerprints were all over this. He didn't say like so and so told yeah. me. Yeah, and he, I also and don't think it would have made the I don't think it would have made the situation any different if he had reached out to Kevin Hayes. Like, I think Philly fans gone. run away with it regardless. I, but I think there could have been more ass. tact about the way that it was said, too. Like, yeah, in, in saying that, like, I like he could have been like, I wonder if Kevin Hayes had had a part in this because of their relationship or whatever. The fact just like just saying Kevin Kevin Hayes has his fingerprints all over this can basically be interpreted any way that you want yeah. to. Mm -hmm. in, in some people, I'm assuming, took it as like, this is Kevin Hayes' fault and that this happened. So I, I do think that, um, you know, there are definitely better ways that it could have been handled from Anthony Sanfilippo's part, even if he was truly believing in the quote unquote journalism that he was doing. But again, it's, it, it's, this is, we're talking about the immediate aftermath of a shocking, stunning trade. Yeah. He is a team, essentially like a paid fan kind of like how I would approach like anything that happens with the Bruins. There is a lot of emotion that goes into some of those reactions after a big thing that happens like this. So like, I'm not going to fucking say this guy needs to burn in hell or whatever. Like I am. <laughs> so I also, it's, I'm uh, done with him. you know, it, it's, I, I feel part of me feels a little bit bad for him, but also part of me feels like you kind of reap what you sow. In what situation. my journalistic brain says, if there's anything left of it is, Bad job, but he's not necessarily wrong. Right. Fair. Yeah, like, yeah fair. And I I mean, you talked about we've all kind of reacted the same way. Mine was, I guess, a little skewed more towards like, Gautier's a fucking weirdo. If <laughs> Kevin Hayes' fingerprints are all over this. I think we all thought it was a stretch, though, that somebody could 
have that influence to like tell one of their buddies Especially, quit your job because early on it was kind of framed like he was ignoring his mom or like his family and agents in in favor of listening to kevin hayes which would have been really weird yeah shout out kevin hayes though always liked him as a player uh what i wanted to also play though is we heard the 50 second clip that was going around of torts here is the end of that followed by the next question he answered you're gonna sit there and say you have the right sources i call go ahead i'm sorry That, that, is that the podcast? Excuse me. Is that that silly podcast you guys do? It is a podcast. Yeah. Ahead, I'm sorry. Person letting the first two by him and then shutting the door the rest of the way. How did you feel he responded? Yeah, un unfortunate, uh, the two goals. Urs uh, can't do nothing about two deflections. It's, it's uh, three of them in the past couple of games, really four of them. Uh, he, he, he's unflappable. I, I think that's where he's grown. Uh, we, we, we've talked about his mental toughness that continues to grow. So that is a cold motherfucker. The way that he just switched back into like ESPN mode mm -hmm. after like, Oh, well, it's a good question. I mean, think of this play and like, he's, he, th that was just part of that answer. He went on to talk about Samuel Urson and the way that he's unflappable and how he's gotten better mentally over the, like. He went from, I can't get this motherfucker, San Filippo, off my brain to, he's dead to me. I'm never going to think about that it's, guy again the rest it, of my it life. Does it does feel like Torts has very attached brain syndrome, where it's, if, he, if he's thinking about something, he cannot move off of it. But when he, is, when he moves on, he's done, and he's moving on to the next thing. He's on to this next question. That is an unbelievable Torts press conference, 10 out of 10. Do you think that... This raises Torts's this week raises his stonks because as soon as and I'm talking about if you're a prospective free agent, maybe you're going to sign with uh, Flyers if you don't hate the anthem. And do you go from like, God, playing for Torts is going to suck. I don't know this guy. Maybe he's an asshole kind of thing to like we've learned that he supports his team. He's loyal. He's even loyal, though, to his past guys mm -hmm. that, like, if you're good to him, he's going to be good to you. I think that if you're a f uh, free agent, you're looking at the Flyers differently now than you would have at the beginning of the week. And at the beginning of the week, as this trade broke, my first thought was this kid probably didn't want to play for Torts. So I think that, like, winners and losers of this whole thing, Torts is near the top of the list. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I also think that that, that probably that idea about Torts is probably more well known in the NHL circles amongst players. Like if you talk to players who have played for torts, I feel like I always hear that like, yeah, kind of a tough guy to play for, but he'll always have your back. So I don't know if, if it's kind of reinforcing what we already knew and what a lot of people already knew, but I mean like winners and losers torts and Jamie Drysdale have to be near the top. And I think Jamie Drysdale's debut in, in Philly reinforces that because the Philly fans are like are so desperate for Jamie Drysdale to be good, and they're going to root for him to be incredible. And like that could go one of two ways. There's a lot of pressure on him to be good and make them forget about Cutter Gauthier or make this sting less. But also, they're going to root for him so hard, and every time that he does anything really well, they're going to be behind it with the fiercest enthusiasm that you've ever seen so those two for sure at the top i don't know who else is in the mix in this discussion here but way near the bottom i mean well i guess i mean briere keith jones also like they're big winners here like i said basically the entire flyers and their fan base big winners in this situation outside of the fact that they lost a top five pick and a guy who a lot of people are excited about in cutter Gauthier. but like keith jones danny briere i think their comments in the aftermath their their transparency or ex is exactly what Flyers fans have been asking for and been wanting, and it's a real kind of vote of confidence and encouragement in this new regime and the direction that they're headed. So, like, big winners there. Uh, Cutter Gauthier very far down the list, especially after he came out and spoke yesterday. Uh, he appeared on an Anaheim Ducks podcast. Is that that little podcast? Yeah, that little silly little podcast. That's their silly podcast. Uh, he appeared, had his first comments since this whole thing went down, and it was really underwhelming. He, it was clear that 
he whether it was a self mandate or like a mandate from his camp where he was keeping things tight to the chest uh he had said that yeah, well give it to us all right sure yeah yeah it's kind of tough to talk about um i'd like to announce that like it's the uh, personal matter between myself and my family and my agent uh kurt i did see one thing going around the internet that i would like to uh specifically address about the uh, rumors about kevin hayes and i would like to uh officially say that he had zero zero um conflict with anything that had to do with the trade and seeing all that stuff is pretty ruthless from what people are saying for that but kevin hayes had nothing to do with uh the situation at hand and um can't really talk too much about it but gonna keep it to uh, myself and my family and uh, my agent so I feel bad to slag the kid. The beginning, the, him saying that he'd like to announce something in, in, like, in an interview is very I'd like funny. to announce my commitment to the University of Michigan. That sounded like a commitment speech. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'd like to announce I'm also done with Boston College. <laughs> Fuck these guys. I have not spoken to anybody there forever. Um, you said uh, Jamie Drysdale, potential winner. Sean and I just both uh, agreed. Probably not. I'll give my reasoning. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him, as you said. And I even remember from like when Sagan came to the Bruins, so much of it was excitement that they had a top pick. So much of it was festering fuck Hill, uh, Phil Kessel energy that's like just kind of weird to project onto a player who doesn't know Phil Kessel. And I don't know what the uh, Gautier Drysdale relationship is, but now they're going to be held up against each other. As you said, like, People are very, very excited about Cutter Gautier. So now there's an entire fan base that, you're right, isn't mad at anybody on their own team, but they're also like, please be good. Please be amazing. They're going to watch his every shift, his every stride. And there's now pressure on a kid that was just playing for the Anaheim Ducks, where which is a wonderful place to grow into being a defenseman, which sometimes takes a while. There's no pressure on him now, or there's no pressure on him before. Now it's like, be a star, baby. Yeah, but J Jamie Drysdale is is not like a stranger to pressure either. I mean, he was a top prospect coming out of. Uh, I'm a, he's Canadian, um, so like he, he's Canadian, right? Yeah, Canadian, and so like you know, obviously a lot of pressure there. So he, I don't feel like he's gonna fold or whatever, or be like succumb to pressure and maybe I don't know his personality super well maybe he's a guy who's more excited about kind of that pressure he had a good debut I'll tell you that hmm. looked pretty good and so you know I think that he he's a winner coming out of this um and maybe even to the to the point like because you know he he's still a bit unproven as a prospect even though he's been at the NHL level for a little bit he's been hurt for a big majority of his or a big portion of his career so far so like this is a, like maybe not a fresh start that he needed but it's could be a beneficial fresh start for him yeah i i don't know i just hope everyone's fucking okay man <laughs> i mean this gets back to what i was kind of saying about the the battle versus the war earlier like i definitely think in the moment everyone loves jamie drysdale like ducks fans were sad to lose him philly fans are happy to get him but like that's only going to last so long. Yeah, for sure. And then, and as to the pressure thing, like being a prospect is one thing, but like having a city, especially a city like Philadelphia, hate you, which they will if he does not turn out. Like it, it, he was in a situation in Anaheim where obviously, obviously, if you're a top prospect, it's never good if your career doesn't work out. But like if his career didn't work out, he kind of would have just faded into irrelevancy. Now, if his career doesn't work out, he'll become one of the most hated athletes in Philadelphia. I don't know. So I don't know about Drysdale. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think not, they'll blame him. I think uh, yeah, they'll be really fucking upset. Yeah. And I think that like it can ruin your life when you go to a team that is very excited about you, especially as yes. a young player. I can think of guys off the top of my head who went to teams after playing a little bit in the NHL, went to a team that was very excited to have them, went to a fan base that was very excited to have them. Turned out they weren't that good of a player. And like you're if we're all seeing it and we're all thinking it. What the fuck is this poor guy thinking? So I, I am rooting heavily for Jamie Drysdale for Jamie Drysdale's sake. I don't think that they're going to throw batteries at him, but I just think there's like the pressure of uh, as somebody else is becoming a 30 goal scorer to become a really good player. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a thing where 
like if if it doesn't work out, the thing the Philly fans are always going to be like, fucking fuck Cutter Godier. We lost that trade. All we got is a shitty Jamie Drysdale back in return, and Jamie Drysdale's going to be sitting there being like, yeah, he's going to be catching those shots, but they're not going to they're not going to hate. Yeah, hate I don't think they'll him. hate him, but they'll they will Cutter shit Godier on him even more. They like, they will, but it, they will it, take it out on Jamie Drysdale. Yeah, maybe. I, like, did I did people did Bruins fans like hate like uh, Joe Morrow for? Or like they, no, they kind of hated Louis Erickson. They took it out on Louis Erickson. Right, right. So, so I guess that's a good. And Louis Erickson was like a good, unquestionably yeah. a good player. But they lost that trade, mm-hmm. so it's Louis Erickson's fault. It's, I just it's the Adam Larson thing too. Like Adam Larson is a good player, mm-hmm. but like he's not he's not the sexy kind of player that Taylor Hall is. The thing is, that's another thing. I feel like the fact that it's a defenseman for a forward too is going yes, to hurt. That's a good point. But Drysdale Jamie moment. Drysdale does have like a lot of. He's a great skater. He's got good offensive upside. So like he does have some sexiness to his to his game. Even John Tortorella said last night there is a chance that the Philadelphia Flyers use him as a rover and not just strictly a defenseman. So like that. That is maybe that's something that 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 torts like I feel like there's an internal mandate for the Flyers where like we can only say unbelievably great things and like have extremely optimistic takes about Jamie Drysdale right now because we have to. But like, you know, Jamie Drysdale is an exciting young prospect who has a very high ceiling as like a difference maker in this league. And that matters. I, I need a Ducks Flyers like 2027 Stanley Cup desperately oh that'd be a good one be, be electric and then like there'd be one smart journalist who's like well i remember two of these guys were traded for each other <laughs> maybe they get that story yeah i be maybe ask some people about it yeah that could be exciting and well that story will only get written by one person one time uh i'll tell you what both these teams have bright futures and so do i knock on wood because i'm eating so healthy it's all thanks to factor They got these microwavable meals that are actually good food. And by good, I don't mean good tasting because that's a given. I mean good for you. You look at the ingredients, there might as well be two words in the ingredients list, not junk. I've heard of the things when I read those ingredients. And that's a crazy, you know when they say uh, when you go to the grocery store, you want to stay on the outside, Mm -hmm. right? You only want to get things from the outside. Those are the healthy things. I've never heard that before. Really? Yeah. Sean, have you heard that? Yeah, that's where all like the produce it's, and the dairy and uh, yeah, like that's that. where the you, real meat. Aisle, like the junk is in the aisles. Yeah, that's where you get the cereal. That's where I live. I, brother, same. <laughs> I've spent time in the aisles. I, I live in the cereal aisle, which is like the worst aisle you could possibly You eat live. cereal? I fucking, I, well, I will say I eat cereal, but I eat it a lot as dessert. Like I'll eat, eat like a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch after dinner or something. Brother, like you ever heard this? this? Is a good thing to put in this uh, factor ad. Have you ever done this? I haven't done it in forever because I've kind of been off the ice cream but uh you take the tonito starring jimmy fallon this is a factor ad read you take <laughs> to take uh the ben and jerry's tonito starring jimmy fallon eat a bunch of it put it away for a little bit and then fill it back up fill it to the top with cinnamon toast crunch oh my, oh my god, god. You, def- you definitely need factor um, in your life. yeah I, I definitely need factor in my life because i've been to the grocery store like twice in the last six months and i think that they're the catalyst for that was uh, I saw a tweet that was like, here is the view of a tall person at a supermarket and they can like see the next aisle. And I like can barely see the top shelf when I'm at the supermarket. So it is like, it was, that was a horrifying realization that like the view of tall people at a supermarket is they can see what is in the next aisle over to them. And whereas like I am completely uh, like surrounded in this world of, of the aisle when I'm there and I just, have never been able to escape that. You thought. don't have the thing of like, I'm probably thinking you could see like a couple aisles. Oh, no, no, I can't see the next aisle at all. So the, the next aisle is a little tough, but like if you can look into the distance, because like the, this aisle is kind of covering that one, but like you can't like look down and across, huh? No, that's crazy. Sean, do you think you can, I'm, I'm thinking of like, I'm mentally placing myself inside my local grocery. Yeah, I know. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever. I, I'm the bad person to talk about uh, again. Why I need factor because when I go to grocery store, I'm just a fucking train wreck. Like <laughs> I, I don't have any actual like method to what I'm doing. I'm just kind of roaming around and being like, ah, that looks good. And then I'm at the register with like a cart full of little Debbie snacks and like 
a thing of ground beef and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing Shaw is so cool man like so <laughs> i do those things too but like i do those things when i'm in like a blackout binge kind of state and i like, do get that way i i go to the grocery store this is a factor read like i'm uh, like sleepwalking or something and yeah. i've had people be like i've run into people i know or i've run into people who like follow my shit or whatever and they're like hey and they start talking to me and i'm like oh like I was just like getting bags of Chex Mix and I, I hate you, grocery shopping. Do you remember the last time that we went to a grocery store together? Yeah, absolutely. You knocked over a thing. <laughs> oh, no. You knocked over a bunch of coolers. I, I, oh no. We were both we were, like on I the was, edge of blackout. Yeah, well, I was Yeah, I was on the edge of blackout because I do remember this. It um, was uh, Pride. Yeah, yeah, it was after the Pride Parade and we went to uh We were both dressed we were, like borderline <laughs> offensive allies. <laughs> and I uh, we both got iced coffees at this supermarket and um I must have like tripped over myself, fell into a, like a one of those displays of coolers, spilled Holy the God. iced coffee that I had bought in 30 <laughs> oh seconds earlier God. all over the floor, M- coolers everywhere and then I was I just got to get out of here. And those things were light. So they like oh, flipped. No. They, they, there was, was like a spread foam coolers. So, like, of the story yeah, was, we all need factor because we should be It was amazing. This is the best. And you know so we got iced coffees, we bought stuff for hot dogs. We uh we Ubered from the pride parade we were at or the pride party we were at to uh the grocery store nearest me so we could get iced coffee and but when you're very drunk don't do coffee don't do anything that's going to pick you up like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't extend the the lifespan of that day because you just need to go to bed so but we got stuff for hot dogs and we made hot dogs and like I, it was like one of the few times in my life you know in friends when Monica's dad is like, we've done it. She's finally full kind of things. Like we went back and made hot dogs. And I remember being like, I don't even want hot dogs right now. (laughs) Crazy stuff. Uh, So that's why I use Factor. They're easy meals. They're quick. Doesn't take a hundred years in the microwave. I don't feel like Connor McDavid waiting to find out whether Leon Dreisaitl was onside or offside. It takes a power play. What's that? Takes a power play. It takes a power play. It takes two minutes. Mm-hmm. I ain't talking about any double minors. You ain't drawn blood when it's not like when I'm cooking other stuff. There's no drawn blood and extending <laughs> it to four minutes. Factor is the best, and it's not just the meals. It's the smoothies. It goes down so great. So at factormeals.com slash whatchaos50 and use code chaos50 to get 50% off. That's code whatchaos50 at factormeals.com slash whatchaos50 to get 50% off. I'll tell you what, Jamie Drysdale wasn't the only one debuting yesterday. Jesper Wallstat had his long-awaited debut, and uh, maybe we should have long-awaited a little more because (laughs) tough scene. It was so, so sad. Uh, So Jesper Wallstat, if you don't know, Minnesota Wild goaltending prospect, taken 20th overall in the 2021 draft. He's only 21 21 years old, but we've been kind of waiting for him to arrive at the NHL level. And he did last night, Dallas on the road in the middle of a Minnesota wild skid. They've been playing horrible recently. So what do they do? Throw the new guy in there on the road and say, good luck, pal. Welcome to the NHL. And how does that go? He gives up seven goals on 34 shots. They leave him in for seven goals and he gets smoked. Not to mention National TV game mm-hmm. while a, a, a Swedish guy, Swedish goaltending phenom, plays while his childhood idol, Henrik Lundqvist, working the game for TNT, analyzing those intermission reports, watching this kid get absolutely shelled by a disastrous team in front of him. And I know that I make all these jokes about the Minnesota Wild now. I don't give a fuck about them and all that. And I call them boring uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were like, not since we fired the coach. We're doing awesome. We're a great team. This team sucks right now. They've lost six out of their last seven. They've been outscored 5-17 to 17 at 5-on-5 five five since December 30th, and they have the exact same goal share as the... Drum roll, please. The Chicago fucking Blackhawks, who have an AHL team. You are as good as the Chicago Blackhawks at five on five in the year of our Lord, 2024. And then you, th- this is the time when you decide to roll out your A plus goaltending prospect 
And I think the most depressing part about this whole thing is Joe Smith at The Athletic highlighted Jesper Wallstedt's dad may have had the worst day that a hockey parent could ever fucking have last night. It was, uh, and we, we've talked about uh, hockey parents, they go through hell for their kids growing up. They have to wake up at 5 a.m. for these practices. They have to go out in the cold. They have to stand in a freezing cold rink, watch these horrible games with five-year-olds falling all over each other. Jesper Wallstead's dad should have been a dream come true last uh, yesterday, watching his kid finally realize that NHL dream. He wakes up at 2 a.m. in Sweden, drove an hour to the airport, had a connection through Germany, then from Germany takes an 11-hour flight to the U.S., loses his bags in the process, has a 90-minute wait at customs when he gets to the United States, barely makes it to the arena in time on Dallas. in Dallas. His wife doesn't make it because of visa issues. And then he only, only then gets to watch his son get shelled for 60 minutes on the road. Just a real tough scene for Jesper Wallstedt and his dad last night. I hate bad goalie debuts. Bad goalie debuts are probably the worst thing in hockey other it's than tough. injuries. I hate it so much. The uh, was the Sharks goalie had it recently, and people were like dunking on his girlfriend for doing like a get ready with me. My boyfriend's making oh, his no. NHL debut, and then the fans of the team that that smoked him were like. Nice. <laughs> are you happy the wife doesn't make it in that situation? Like, are you just like glad didn't have to to live through that? Or no, I think it's worse to not to like to want to make it and like be the support system what as happens? a parent, yeah. yeah, and then be like, ah, I uh, hope you had fun. I know it didn't go your way. Wish I could have been there. Um, I also like Jesper Wallstead had his own like get ready with me kind of moment yesterday too is because they were talking about him making his debut on the road against the division rival and he was like it's always fun to have the home fans like root against you I hope they boo me and I was like oh buddy they didn't boo you last night but you might get booed in your home yeah. debut whenever that comes they loved you buddy do you remember Malcolm Subban's like first I don't know like three of four NHL games they would keep, they'd be like, all right, now is the time. We're giving Subi a game. And he would get fucking, like, rocked. And shout out Malcolm Subban, good player, good career. Uh, like, it was heartbreaking watching his first few games because it would be like one one year he gets a game, gets destroyed in the first period. All right, we'll try it again the next year. One game gets destroyed. I hate that shit. I can't laugh at that. It's such a fucking bummer to me when a goaltending prospect, especially like a good goaltending prospect, gets their first look and it's just an immediate like, oh my fucking God, either not yeah. ready or something's off here. Like and, this sucks. And like giving up seven goals in your debut sucks, but also like getting pulled in your debut is also like there's a no win situation there. You don't want him to continuously get shelled and, and kind of keep taking it on the chin over and over and over again. But if you pull him, you know, the narrative is he gets pulled in his first game. So it's it's a bad situation either way. Uh, the chat has taken to uh, coming up with chapter names, which I like a lot. Yes. I saw somebody wrote supermarket grab ass segment, the first letter of each word capitalized. I'm down for that move throughout. Like if we find ourselves in a, a, a bit of a way. Just label the segment, and yep. Sean will throw it up on the screen. Very exciting. Uh, Corey Perry has met with Gary Bettman and is now eligible to return to the NHL. He is U.S. 38 years old. Do you think a team, I don't want to say takes a chance on him, but signs him? Do you think he plays in the NHL this season? I'll tell you what. There's a team in the NHL that has just been scooping up everybody on waivers and uh, just trying to put together a roster that can get out there and, and play some hockey. Some just, they're just taking any body that they can. That team's the Chicago yeah, Blackhawks. Yeah, I think they should. Chicago Blackhawks could be in the market for Corey Perry Corey right Perry, now. you are a Chicago Blackhawks. And possibly an all-star. 
just about to say Corey Perry. That would be. You look at Corey Perry. Better than number, Phil numbers this year. He's playing pretty well before he departed. Yeah, I that think team. he's still like fifth he's on their the running list. for the All Star team. Oh my God! Let me see. All right, Corey he's, Perry. He's genuinely up there. I was two, looking at it three, yesterday. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Corey Perry is tenth on the Blackhawks this season mm-hmm. in points with nine points in sixteen games. Uh, who do the Blackhawks? Because uh, Connor Bedard is getting surgery. He has gotten surgery. He is getting surgery this week. Got it on Monday. I Got it on Monday. So he's going to miss a few weeks. I think six to eight was what uh, was yes. thrown out yep. there. So he's not going to, as I wanted, he's not going to just put on a mask and go to the all-star game. The Blackhawks have to have send somebody else and they have very few options. We talked about maybe Seth Jones, uh, Jason Dickinson scored again uh, against the Oilers the other night. He has a 21.9 shooting percentage. 14 goals, just 21 points. Is Jason Dickinson going to have to be an all-star? Is that who you send? Yeah, I mean, if you're sending a player from the Blackhawks and you're deciding that you do need a representative from every team, Dickinson's probably the guy. Uh, I'm not... The the precedent has been set that, like, if a guy gets hurt, you don't necessarily have to send a player from that team. Like, Connor Bedard is still the Blackhawks all-star representative. It's just, you know, do you physically need a guy from every team there? If that's the, the decision, Dickinson is makes the most sense. I talked to the CHGO guys earlier this week. My idea is just send Tommy Hawk. Send Tommy Hawk as the Chicago Blackhawks representative. He's an everyman. He represents the entire organization. And how fucking funny would it be if you just played an all-star game in which there was a bunch of all-stars and one mascot? Send Put our bo- Corey Perry in the mascot outfit yes. or any player. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I like the thing of just still sending Connor Bedard and being you like, can't. That's sufficient. No, because I mean, like, if, you know, like having had, him attend and just like wave. If he had any other injury other than a fractured jaw, like his jaw might be wired shut. He just had jaw surgery. He's not going to be able to talk to the media. He's not right. going to. He's not going to look good. He's not going to feel comfortable there. Kanye he already, a whole he already song. feels incredibly uncomfortable in like very in social situations in a month i'm not putting pressure on him but like in a month yeah that's what i'm saying kanye recorded a whole song with his jaw wired shut yeah and how did that work out for him look where he is right now i mean it worked out he's rich yeah so you know it kind of worked out for him you know who hates that song who shaka khan really do you know song it samples through the fire Mm -hmm. incredible song Mm -hmm. i don't know if we want to be putting Connor bedard on the same path as kanye west chicago legends true correct but one of them City's probably not yeah. super proud of. I, I do remember seeing... That's a good it. question. Is Chicago proud of Kanye West? I, I well, We were in Chicago. <laughs> I'm going to be sure. back in Chicago next week. Been to Chicago quite a bit recently. I have seen a Connor Bedard mural in Chicago. I haven't as seen the, a, as haven't the seen father a of West people mural. from to, Chicago. That's right. To be I'm the re- fair, foremost representative I don't of think you're spending a whole lot of time yeah. in Kanye's parts of Chicago. Exactly. How do you know? Uh, fair enough. I, I guess I don't. Be. I guess I don't. I mean, every... I'm trying to think of. I was trying to turn into a short. Joke. When I watch, when I walk through the streets of Chicago, the people recognize and they respect me. Hmm. They say, "There goes the agenda." When you walk the, through, don't the, fuck with him. When he walks through the streets of Chicago, and by streets of Chicago, he means Michigan Ave and Michigan Ave, the West it, Loop. It's just yeah, <laughs> it's just Michigan Ave. When I walk through the hard parts of Chicago, Chirac. It's you know like when there's like a wind tunnel in the West Loop. Uh, th- they say that guy's tough as hell. Don't I fuck posted with him. a picture from Chicago one time, and my uh, friend Daryl commented, and he was like, "Tough, Chirac," and I was like, "You got to delete that comment. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> yeah, like not definitely. like th- like th- th- thank you, I guess, but like no, that's it's not. Every that. time I go to Chicago, I'm not they say that valor. every time I go to Chicago, they say Chicago has a real gun problem, and then they point at my arms. You like your arms are guns with how strong he <laughs> yeah, is. That's right. Oh my God! We Factor, call- baby, keeping me in shape. I was gonna start calling you Jen for like the agenda. Yeah, like Jen as a short name, but I like calling you Jim. Nice. Why? Fucking goes to the gym. <laughs> this guy, he's always in there. Uh, what else did we have? Did we have any? Oh, a uh, 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 Bob Stoffer on the Oilers Now podcast. Someone asked him uh, with the Oilers sign Corey Perry, and he said, "Possibly. It's not a no." It's not a no. It's not a no. Leaving the door open. If the Oilers signed Corey Perry, I'd be like, too too many of those guys. Yeah. Too. 
I don't think the Oilers need Corey Perry. I, I don't think that they have a we don't have Corey Perry problem. A Vander Kane, Corey Perry team. That's dinner. the thing. And I'm like, not all like players with yeah, that's unfair to Corey Perry, but stuff are created equal, yeah. right? But I'm like, they have Vander Kane, and it's working. They have people that people get on it. the internet and make jokes about and don't like. They don't yeah. need another one of them. Don't don't push it. They, I mean, for every Vander Kane they have, they have one gene. So mm-hmm. you you'd have to get like another ace broadcaster if you brought on Corey Perry. What about uh, what about the Anaheim Ducks? A reunion between Corey Perry and the Anaheim Ducks. The first overall pick as a mentor doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just go down the line, find the next guy, Leo Carlson. He's not playing half the time anyway. Let Corey Perry hang out with him. Corey mm-hmm. Perry, Cutter Gautier. How's that relationship go? Uh, I mean, it's a second chance to be in like that situation. Like, yeah. I don't think that like Corey uh, Perry like failed Connor Bedard by like not being able to mentor him this whole season. Like, they did get a bunch of like vet. They did have Felino and all those guys. He fucked up. He's gone. I don't think that his first thought is like, I need to go to another team with a young player. So put him on the Sabers. Yeah. The Sabers need like. Sabres something. need anything. Man. Literally. They need, <laughs> yeah. they need, they like the Sabres need to be like hated or something. They need someone to have some kind of opinion on them. Honestly, Corey like Corey Perry to the Bruins would make some sense. Corey like Perry to like the that. Bruins is like very a, the, this past July one of the Bruins where they're like right. Shattenkirk, JVR, let's get him. And it's, and it's like a situation where like he's a body. They do need depth scoring. Like he was, I don't think that like. I'm not saying Corey Perry is a great player anymore by any means, but like he did have a, uh, he was successful with the Blackhawks in his time on the ice there. Uh, And maybe that's just by comparison to everybody else that was on the ice for the most part. But like he's proven to be uh, a reliable fourth line kind of guy, third line guy on a, on a pretty decent team uh, recently. So like, I don't know, like Bruins, their structure, kind of the way that they run a tight ship there may not be the worst destination for him. Uh, And as a guy who like maybe if he's not getting an opportunity to make $4 million on one of the worst teams in the league, maybe he takes very little money to be on a good team. Sean, spin the wheel. Give us, let's give him something to talk about. Am I right? Spin, spin, spin. Oh, Boston Bruins. Let me say something about the Boston Bruins. I mean, the easy thing would to be would be to talk about their goaltending. Brandon Bussey. Yeah, spotted at Logan Airport. Spotted at Logan Airport and recalled officially. And well, I did get a, D- I got some- a DM yesterday of a uh, a picture of Brandon Bussey at Logan Airport, and it was not the. Uh, the it, was, it was not the Larry Fitzgerald picture. It was actually Brandon Bussey. What's yet. most important is that he was spotted at the Logan Airport. Are you really rec- – you, anybody can put out a press release saying that you've been recalled. What's important is that you are spotted mm-hmm. at uh, an airport. With, with his equipment. The picture was like him carrying like all his goaltending, his giant goaltending bag, a bunch of goaltending sticks. Like it was the most perfect – Here's Brandon Bussey at Logan Airport picture I've ever seen. So that is your Boston Bruins take. Let's get a uh, scorcher from Pete. Spin that wheel, baby. Who we got? We got the New York Islanders. Um, New York Islanders stadium, proud host of yes, the New York I was PWHL New York. Was going to bring that That's up. That's a good take. That the uh, the it's a hot take. PWHL New York. Has to stop playing at U uh, UBS Arena, or at the very or, least, they need to ban people from taking pictures of the sides of the stadium where they don't sit. Yo, people. fuck that! Yeah, like half the arena is empty. Like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, by design, that's like if you go to a, an MLS game that's played. In, I, that's the exact conversation. You relate to the opposite. The but me and Sean had this exact conversation. Yep. I was like, I hate that the New England Revolution play at Gillette Stadium because, like, no matter even if they have like a thirty thousand uh, people, yeah, right, it's gonna seem like it's empty. The atmosphere is not gonna be the same. I likened it to a a smaller musician performing at like a like a rock club versus opening for a big artist at an arena the energy just isn't the same you kind of have to like contain those walls and keep that energy bouncing off these walls and so like having the pwhl new york play at 
the UBS or having uh, the Minnesota team play at Excel. Like I know that 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 wasn't like a full time thing, but like if you're not selling it out, keep keep it keep it in a sellout and of a smaller venue, especially in a city like New York. Right, there's just too much going. Like I think it worked okay in Minnesota. I think they had. Well, yeah, I mean they set an attendance record. Yeah, right. So. But like there's just especially because it's not it's not like it's even MSG. It's on the island. I was like, yeah. You're not. You're never filling up UBS. The Islanders barely fill up UBS. Boys, you just tag teamed the hottest Islanders take I've ever heard in my life. That's right. Babe. I love the idea yeah. of like calling, just saying factual things, hot takes. <laughs> love that. Just be like, all right, let's get an Islanders take. Uh, PWHL not- plays in that same arena. <laughs> PWHL <Damn>. went, <laughs> They went crazy last night. Two Hatties. I know. I uh, or, two no, hatties, no, no, one, hattie. one hattie. And I did. Uh, I did. My, two were thrown crazy. on the ice because only two people attended the game, <laughs> and <laughs> they. I did a, a Marie Philip Poulin uh, hatter box, yeah. and uh, some PWHL fans weren't happy. That Why I, did you say? I I gave it a one point eight out of three because the first one was a layup on the doorstep. It was more more credit to the to the assist than it was to Marie Philip Poulin. Her second one. The the pass was more impressive than the goal. Her own pass. She had a nice give and go to set up that second goal. And the third one, boring ass empty, empty netter. netter yeah. So as per the rules of the Hatter box, minus one point for an empty net, a boring empty net goal. One point eight. Like I'm I'm not gonna give special specialty no, treatment to the PWHL. Like if you want equality, I'm going to rate your hat tricks the exact same as I'm going to for an NHL player. So one point eight out of three. And so uh, I did watch, not to encroach on your territory, I watched a little bit of the PWHL. And Mr. PWHL so, uh, Jr. Taylor Heisey in, in Minnesota is essentially the Connor McDavid of the PWHL. Yeah. It's like, like she belongs talent, in a clear different league. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was out at an NBA game last night. I'm a well-rounded guy. They call me Mr. NBA. <laughs> and at my normal... We were, we, were talking about, we were talking about real sports. Yeah. At my... Uh, I went to my normal post-game bar, and they had PWHL on. And I'll tell you what, I was pretty glued to it. The conversation was strong to above strong. I had an eye, though, on that PWHL screen. It was Minnesota and Toronto. Doubleheader last night. Yeah. You know what confuses me? What's up? Is that Kendall Coyne's Schofield, uh, it goes by Kendall, Ke- Kendall Coyne Schofield, but the back of her jersey only says Coyne. I feel like you got to make a decision there. Yeah, 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 I would agree. So it's like if you're the Marchenko agenda and the back of your jersey says the agenda, what is really your name? Like if you have a hyphenated last name, imagine if Ryan Nugent Hopkins just had Hopkins. I mean. Or just had Nugent, I guess, in this case. I mean, we're overlooking the fact that we're in Boston. Patrice Bergeron had Bergeron on his jersey. True, because he's, is it hyphenated? Uh, I think it's hyphenated. So Patrice Bergeron, if you don't know, Patrice Bergeron's actual name is Patrice Bergeron Cleary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrice Bergeron. But he, does, but he, he goes doesn't by go Bergeron. by yeah. Patrice Bergeron Cleary. Mm. He goes by Patrice it's Bergeron. It's Bergeron. Kendall Coyne Schofield goes by. She Coyne goes by Kendall Coyne Schofield. A crazy thing, by the way. I, 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 whenever it would come up, it would blow my mind that like people in Boston didn't make a big deal of the fact that their French-Canadian star player's last name was Cleary. Like That is amazing. For Boston, they love all the Irish stuff. I would get really mad, you know, when they do warm-up jerseys. I don't know if they're allowed to do it anymore. Patrice O'Bergeron. I don't know if uh, if St. Patrick's Day is, like, considered a cause or a political statement in the NHL's eyes. But they put O on the back of everybody's jerseys, so it would be, like, O-Chara or, like, O-whatever. So That's the dumbest thing of all time. Uh, it I was love so, it. Dumb, so dumb. But it would drive me crazy that they would put O-Bergeron. And I was like, put his... Fucking actual name on there for once. Like this is if you want to do the Irish thing, it could say clear that, and that would be a sick jersey. I want the like the Coyotes to do that and be like, here is O O'Brien, like double up the O's. O O'Brien. O O'Brien. It would be like the joke that Jimmy Kimmel made about if I wanted Aaron def- Rodgers. I wanted to hear O before everybody's name. I'd listen to the fucking Canadian anthem. O say, can you see? Fuck. They, wait. Did they- <laughs> But that doesn't come before the name. Oh, uh, Canada. No, I mean, you've never seen the, is it Rookie of the Year? Rookie of the Year? I've yeah. seen that movie. I've Where seen the movie like, 1,000 oh, no, times. in the outfield. He's yeah, like, okay. Jose, can you see? Ah, it's about a Spanish guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, Got to say, 
keep listening next week because yesterday we taped oh an interview God. that we're running oh. next week that is we haven't edited yet and haven't like played it back. I but hope it's as good in my in, We were in saying reality. in real time we were like, "Buddy, this is the best interview we've ever done." It was uh it's it's the best because it starts off as this person not understanding what the hell we're trying to accomplish. Could not have been more confused about the direction that this interview started in and by the time we finished nobody has ever been more on board and like played the game with us as much as this uh, this interview did so like i hope in reality that it is as good as it felt and that it is good as good as it is in my head and i can't keep saying this i feel like i can't keep saying this but i keep saying this like this might be our best interview i feel like i say that after every interview Here's but like like I said, that nobody has played the game with us as much as this person did. All the interviews, though, are like I'm just gonna call a spade a spade. Like all of our interviews, fucking rock. Even though, like, there I don't, has there been one where we were like I Jim mean, Montgomery, but not like that amazing. was like under the yeah. circumstances. But like when we've been able to do our thing and execute our vision on these things, even if I don't know, hopefully they're all great for you guys. Like they're more fun than. So many of the fucking standard things you do where you're like, all right, let's make sure we ask about this. Let's make sure we ask about this. Like a lot of players, I'm not, not patting ourselves on the back too hard. Like a lot of players, I'm sure at many points during the season can say how the season's going for them and stuff like that. That shit we know is already going to exist. It's like our podcast doesn't have to write game stories because we know that game stories are out there. Mm -hmm. So let's just do fucking weird ass features about specific things. Grab ass, baby. Grab, Grab ass. ass. So subscribe on YouTube if you aren't yet. Uh, hammer the five star button wherever you can. We appreciate all the fun we've had this week. This has been a very busy but fun week in the chat on the YouTube. We got great stuff coming next week. We will talk let's, to you soon. Let's also spike those uh, those Apple podcast reviews. We only have seventeen uh, like written ratings. Really? I believe like we have over almost four hundred on Spotify and only seventeen. On, How are we on Deezer? Uh, Deezer nuts. What is Deezer? This is why people. This is why people are boycotting <laughs> us. Uh, no, go to Apple Podcasts and leave in the comments. Um, my favorite grab ass podcast. Ah, something about grab ass. Finally, a hockey podcast that grabs ass. Yes, that that's it. Okay, we'll see you next week, everybody.